0: Welcome to So Far So Rare. I'm joined by Andrew Laird, the handsome devil. Laird, you've got something new over your shoulder. A gill or gil, as you sometimes try and say, card. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just say heel, I think. Like, it's literally the back of your foot.
0: Is that what you're meant to say? Heel? Carlos Heel, yeah. I suppose they don't really do G's in, in Spanish.
1: That's how I think he pronounces it. Okay, and you That's met him? No, no, this is, um. I won this at the MLS All-Star game that I went with Sober to.
0: What did you have to do to win two, it?
1: They had two of those and two, two Ricky Pusch autographed ones that they had gotten autographed. You know, ah, when and, stuff. and then I think there were two or three Sober managers who entered on like Instagram or twitter or somewhere that won them that were at the game and then they had a competition during the game of choosing the first goal scorer and then the tiebreaker was the minute that they scored and i picked uh gabriel jesus from arsenal in like the 12th or the eighth minute he scored in the sixth and i won it and my son who was with me got all excited that we won it and i was like nah. no i want it and then sean gave me a really hard time about that
0: <laughs> well no, if you want it you want it i mean he's going to inherit it when you die so you kind of both win
1: he also competed in this and i believe he picked uh trossard to score and trossard scored the second goal and he was like so what did i get and i was like nothing the the competition was the first goal yeah and You got to teach kids that there are rules to competitions. And I told him, to be honest, that he could have it, but it has to stay there. So
0: So it's kind of yours. Yeah. he needs to learn how to lose. Do you know what I
1: mean? I uh, had this conversation last night with my wife about something somewhat unrelated. But it was about that part of parenting is teaching your kids what happens when they lose. And, like, not everybody wins everything. And you have to experience what losing and disappointment and how to overcome those things. And I was just, it was a teachable moment. And I decided to take advantage.
0: No, I'm in. I fully support you. I am honestly all about that. Growing up, you know, you see, I was given two really core values from a dad. Whenever you play something, you play to win. And if I was playing against him, something that from a young age, you know, he was way better at golf. He could run faster than me. He could do anything better because he was an adult and I was a boy. But something that I was quite good at whenever I was, I don't know, maybe early teenage years was pool. Seemed like pool. We had a pool table in the house. But that was because he was really good at pool. And I remember like, whenever I was that age, he'd come home with like, this is so not so rare, but anyway, here we go. Um, He'd come home with like a wee trophy. Uh, He came home with a trophy a couple of years. He won like the local pool league uh, individuals championship a couple of times. And that made me like, I want to win that. I want to win that. But whenever we played each other, he would just beat me every time. It sounds kind of like whenever you put it like that, but it was more fun than that because it meant that any time I did even come close to win or win, it meant something. And what he would do is the one rule that gave me a chance was that he had to finish the black ball with a trick shot. So he had a trick shot mm-hmm. finish. So that was a little, like, nice. not exactly fair competition, but still kind of like leveled at a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. But I've dealt with kids in the past. I remember, Whenever I was a kid, I remember I was... On holiday in Donegal, and it was my grandparents' holiday home. And the next door neighbours invited us over. And there were these little girls, Annika and Yana. Weird, weird family. They were half Dutch. And ugh, I can't even, I'm can't i not even getting into it. Their dad was a guy called Otto, and he was a mad bastard. But anyway, that's another day. That, that's for story of the week sometime. <laughs> but the daughter, Yana, would cry hysterically and scream and storm off if you beat her at Mario Kart. So whenever I sat down, and bear in mind, I'm like a 12-year-old kid. And her mom's like, you need to let her win. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing sitting here to let your kid win at Mario Kart? She's just going to win everything forever. How do you you think this ends up?
1: It's a lesson. I mean, nobody wins everything. And how you respond from losing is a really important lesson and ability and that you don't get down on yourself for losing, but you figure out why you lost and how you can do better next time. And like playing your dad in pool over and over again you you know that you're getting better because you're like oh i i I, he used to just destroy me now i'm getting a little closer so you know you're getting better and that's just part of life like i'm not going to go into a parenting rant here but um guys if you're enjoying parenting
0: 101 subscribe to the channel (laughs) anyway no but yeah i could talk about that all day but we'll do that all fair so First things first in the so rare world. Um that sorry, talking about losing, has the have these lessons like helped you deal with losing gallery value on so rare? How does it make you feel whenever you're losing on so rare?
1: Uh,
0: no so one loses we, on so rare, sorry. Nobody loses, that's right. We're, we're all, all actually
1: mistaken money. Yeah, somebody loses some people lose, but it's because they give up. No, I think uh they're I kind of talked a little bit about this, was it with Sean earlier this week? I think that's what it was, that one of the really important skills in SoRare is, and and really a lot of things, is knowing if what you're doing is right or good or optimal and you're just unlucky at that time and vice versa. If you have some really good results, are you just getting lucky or did what you do to get to that point make sense and was the right play? And I went through like an incredible cold streak kind of in the spring that that kind of propelled me to like sell all my limiteds and change my gallery a lot. And then I went on this like tremendous hot streak in the summer, which is generally where I do better because my better cards are non-European. And so when the European cards are not in play, I get to have a little more success but I spent a lot of time there trying to figure out if what I was doing was right or wrong, or if I was just getting lucky or whatnot. And I'd like to think that I am playing the right way, at least for my gallery and for how I want to play. But yeah, it's really important to like go back and just be like, when you do have success, you look at your lineup and you're like, did that make sense or not? And, or did I just get lucky? And I don't know. I, I think like going back and, seeing what we do is something a lot of people ignore. And I think it's kind of one of the keys to being successful, really, in anything, let alone just so rare
0: What I've realized on so rare is that whenever things don't quite work out, it's bad luck. And whenever they go amazing, I'm the best manager in the world.
1: I, feel, I mean, it, from a <laughs> confidence standpoint, that's certainly how you should feel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know, this season, so a big thing, this, it's a new season and it's obviously like time to build lineups again. And I think it kind of like, what I'm really bad at, I know some people are really good at it and they care a lot and I maybe should care more considering the amount that's on the line but you know like spreadsheets and writing things out and working out where you've got holes, I just kind of riff it baby and see what happens mm-hmm. and now that I'm building lineups I'm like oh okay so I've now got this, this, this and this why don't I have that or like I have three, four parts of a five man stack why don't I have the fifth do you know like why don't I do this, why don't I do that even like my super rares now. I've got some nice super rares. But like does it make sense for me to have Raphael AI Just one guy from Milan. Or should I get. Should I have got rid of him and brought in some sort of Munich guy. So that I could go Kimmich, Kane, Kingsley, Coleman, super rare. Or whatever the fuck it is. Because now I'm finding myself. When I look at like Champion Europe Pro. Which is where the likes of Kimmich's and Kane's and Trent's and Allison's. I feel should live. It's like oh I'm going to stick Raphael AI and Jonathan David there. Or Hiroki Ito. Or Max Kakaray but I want to use him in under 23. You know, it's like, it's quite disjointed. And I've got like two under 23. I've got Arthur Theate and Warmed Omari at Rennes, two super rare defenders, but I don't have a Rennes goalkeeper, which for the weeks that, Rennes, for the weeks that those lads aren't quite good enough for my under 23 lineups, I could probably throw, is it Mandanda or whoever yeah. in and have Mandanda, two super rare, big stack there, chuck two rares in the champion Europe pro. And it's like, if we're in keep a clean sheet, those guys can do well. So it's just I'm finding lots of holes. And I don't know if other people are at that stage or if they were more prepared. But now I'm kind of I feel like there's a maybe there'll be a bit of a scramble on the market of people realizing like, oh shit, I have misplanned.
1: I think it's really important and it's something that I did I kind of half-assed it for a while. I had a spreadsheet and I was like, here are my cards. And I never sometimes I would put them into divisional or regional blocks. I basically did like depth charts. So I'd have like who I thought my best defenders were and my best midfielders. And then I would split them up under 23. And then I would do league specific ones. So like just Premier League or just Eredivisie. So that when there are these random midweeks, it's like, oh, would I have a lineup if that happened? And I actually started somebody, I was talking actually a few people has convinced me at least to try doing it a little more visually so like actually I have like pictures of my cards and it's you know you can do it in microsoft paint for all you want or powerpoint or whatever um, i use figma which is just kind of the design program that we use at solar data but it, it, it kind of gives you a clear idea of what you're doing before you're like oh shit i need a super rare midfielder for this week mm. and when you're buying stuff like right you know oh i need it for this week you just know you're overpaying and yeah. you probably don't need it the next week and so uh, you end up making kind of irrational decisions or not irrational suboptimal because you're you're just unprepared basically so yeah you should do it
0: one of the biggest holes i find that i have which is just like a mad hole to have is like a challenger forward at rare so like i was building my lineups and going here and going there and like if i go into it very quickly like just to show you the level that this hole is at considering like some of the champion cards i have and why i haven't swapped one it's just ridiculous like let me just go and I, I build you don't tabs. have Tadic? no did you think i had Tadic? or should i have Tadic? where do you go galatasaray or something uh
1: no the, other. the other one he, he just knowing the cards in your gallery Tadic is the kind of card that would be in there
0: I had him years ago, uh, and then I got rid of him, which maybe was silly at the time. But for to give you an idea, like, and I have like three three goalkeepers, right? Two of them are under 23, Safanov and Vandevert. But normally I've got also Mamardashvili and Chevalier. So normally one of these guys is free, right? Defence, we've got like the likes of Pavlović, Maxim de Kuyper, Buscagli, Muellenstein, Gilherme. Like there, there's options, right? Midfield, Vanek and Getson Fernandez, Sergio Oliveira. Um, maybe we're not exactly doing great there, but Hans Vanek a top tier one. Yes. see it forward. I have Aliu Federa, who I thought was going to be amazing, way overpaid, but now he's like not starting or injured or something. I don't even know. Gift Orban, who's not really ever hundred percent sure to start and might get a transfer. Maxi Gomez, who's like coming off the bench, Brian Teixeira, who's a bench player, Ricardo Pepe, who's a bench player, and Anthony De Scott, who I thinks a bench player. It's just or it's just like why have I not got a guy? And how did I not realize that until right now when I'm building the lineup for this weekend? Do you know what I mean? How has <laughs> that happened?
1: Yeah, you should get you should get Tadic or I don't know. There are a bunch of random guys you could get. Noah Lang, that's another one. How do you not have Noah Lang?
0: I had a Lang years ago.
1: Huh. And then, yeah, see, you had the answers.
0: Yeah. Anyway, just a point. Really, just a small conversation. It's a bit too much on me so far, and everyone doesn't really care about like what my exact problems are. But it's more that conversation of like, I'm sure there's a lot of people here realizing, oh fuck, I have a hole. Mm-hmm. Why have I not filled that hole? No dirty jokes, you. I know what you're thinking. Um, f- cash wallet. Early thoughts. Any 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 thoughts on it? My only thought is now that I can see euros in the account. It's very real. And for example, that Federa or whatever that I picked up at the very end about three weeks ago because I wanted to stick out a wee line-up at the end of July for the first time in weeks, I probably paid like 0.38, which was probably like 500 quid. And if that had a said 500 quid, I can tell you now I would not have clicked buy. Which is stupid, but it's the truth. And now that I see 100 euros is what's in my account, I'm like, it just it's very real. I'm like, oh that's a nice meal and a few
1: drinks. So I think not having fiat on Sora was like one of the big unspoken advantages to playing for Sora that we were all spending all this money having really no idea how much money it was. Obviously we knew. Hmm. But it was in this like vague ethereum currency that we were like oh yeah it's just eth whatever. And just that, and somebody was like, would you pay? Actually, I think it was like years ago. If it might've been Mel who made the comment, I'm pretty sure it was Mel, maybe on your show. Probably the first one you guys, this first so far so rare, right? Didn't, wasn't she the uh, mm. the guest in the first one? But she was commenting about how expensive a, a new PlayStation was. She's like, I'm not gonna spend like 500 bucks on that. And she's like, but I would spend like 0. 0.1 ETH and it was the same. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. It's just, Yeah, of course you would just spend it. I guess 0.1, maybe it was 0.2, whatever. But yeah, it does make it really real of how much money it is. And it is a little frustrating now if you, like I have both wallets set up and both of them are like somewhat funded, but not being able to use both. So like, if I, if I wanted a card, that's a thousand dollars and I had $500 $500 and like 0.4 ETH, like, I can't get that card even though I cumulatively have enough money so that's a little bit of a frustration that I think will probably go away because I'm convinced that ETH is going to go away not like it'll always be there but I don't think anyone will use it and when I really had the oh this is real money thought was I decided that instead of actually funding my cash wallet which I can't even do right now in the states It's only, it's, I think it's available, supposedly available in September, but I was, I decided I was going to take all of my thresholds in cash and any cards that I sold, I would take in cash. And I thought that's how I'll fund my cash wallet, which is effectively how I funded my ETH wallet too. And when I got the super rare threshold and all of a sudden I had like $200 in cash, I was like, damn, that's a lot of money. For like a threshold just to like give it and then yeah. and i had just never really thought of it that way and yeah there's a lot of money in this game that i think there's more money in this game than i think we all really yeah in, like thought of because we didn't actually see yeah. euros or dollars or pounds
0: it goes both ways like in terms of if you're hitting rare limited and super rare thresholds every week which you're probably not gonna do every week but like that's a grand a month and that's only at weekend game weeks forget about midweeks so it's like if you like on a random weekend if you finish high up all-star rare pro now instead of yeah. winning like oh we whatever 0.48 or whatever the fuck it is oh you've just won 600 quid what yeah <laughs> you know yeah yeah it's so it's... stupid because we all knew what it's worth but it's still just different mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it, it really really is the funny thing that I struggle with now, because I have always really thought in, not always, I have thought only in ETH for a long time. And I had no exposure to ETH before rare. I have no exposure outside of Rare. Like I'm just, I'm not a crypto guy, but the, for some reason, when I'm like trying to make trades and putting values together, I still have to do it in ETH. Even though, like if I'm trying to figure out Two equal sides. Theoretically, I should be like, "Oh, this is dollars, a dollars, a b dollars here. They should be the same." But I just like can't yet look at it that way. I still have to like convert everything to ETH, and then my trades get rejected. Anyway,
0: I think this is it's only it's inevitable that everyone's just going to be fit soon. Is it?
1: I think so. It's we looked at some numbers. Um, this is one of those things that I probably shouldn't talk about out loud, but I. But well, here we are. So the number exclusive. Of, yeah. <laughs> there have been like a tremendous number of new cash wallets set up on Sorare. And from what we gather, it's actually a lot of people who are were have been free to play for like a long time and have actually taken the step to open their cash wallet and get it. Half KYC so that they can deposit, and mm-hmm. I do really think that there are going to be a, a lot more users that were just playing free to play that none of us who play the regular game knew about. Because if you just play free to play, there would be there's basically no overlap. And if those people, you, like, forget about bringing in new users. I mean, obviously they need to do that. Mm. But even if we just converted the free to play users, it's a it's a pretty big number, and it just takes a couple of them to say, oh, I I really like this. I do have a lot of disposable income, or I didn't know that all of this game, all that was included in this game. And so, I don't know. I don't think we're gonna see this huge boom, but it's definitely gonna provide a much healthier marketplace for everyone.
0: Yeah, particularly at Limited, because that's where all these guys and gals are gonna be, their gateway. They're gonna come in sure. through Limited and pick up a couple of them, play semi-pro and then whatever else um but yeah i think they're i don't know who the account is so sorry you might know actually but there's definitely an account that posts like new amount of new spenders or something people who made their first investment each day and it looks up now it's obviously the start of the season so you're going to expect people to be signing up now yeah but i'm kind of surprised at the lack of i don't know do you agree with this right but did you expect more from so rare in terms of like a hullabaloo about the start of the new season? I expect it I I feel like nothing's changed. I feel like the game's just bumbling on. And maybe they're waiting for the new cards and the new thing, but ultimately you've just missed the start of the season. What the fuck are you doing? Maybe I'm so, being too savage, maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like nothing's happened. Football's I don't banged. think you're wrong at all.
1: No, I don't think you're wrong at all. I think uh it, the way that I originally thought of it was when was in your show two weeks ago. Um, um blanking on his name, unfortunately. It was the FPL. Two weeks
0: guy. ago.
1: Lagdon. Lagdon, yes, thank you. Sorry. I don't know. I am like terrible with names. So Shots
0: fired. Lagdon done dirty by Laird. You heard it here no, first. My apologies, Lagden. I love just... acting like TMZ. It's good fun. <laughs>
1: The so you guys were talking about it and how people were like sharing their FPL teams and Sora just like wasn't ready for it yet it seemed and you made the comment that when you did your stuff last year with FPL content there's a huge explosion in the days leading up to the season not the weeks leading up like literally the days if not the day before mm-hmm. and then we had Dan from Sora on our Sora data show. And it felt like, so I brought that up, that it would be cool if we could start sharing our, our teams because the Premier League players, their L15s weren't going to change. So theoretically, the, the, their cap hits were all going to be the same. So they could open the game now. And I kind of realized that they, we wouldn't have new cards. Anyone who transferred in wouldn't be included. And so there were a lot of issues with that, just the way that it's so rare works. And Dan, I didn't get this impression from him while we were talking to him, but I had some people give me feedback on the show. And they kind of mentioned that it, it felt like that was the first he had heard of that. The idea of opening it up early so that people could share their teams and just get it out in the open. So people are like, hey, here's my rare team for game week one. And you have other, oh, what's rare? What is that? And then you just get people talking about it. And I don't know, like he had been away for a while, for a couple of days. So I don't know if maybe other people were working on it. He just didn't, like, he's not involved in every single thing that Sober does. But it did feel like they were kind of just waiting. Mm. And then nothing happened. They were like, hey, we opened the game. We're like, great. And then there was, there's nothing. And I think a lot of it is because of the new cards. Like, they want to be like, hey, the new cards are out. But just the way that Sober works, we don't get them before the season. There are still transfers happening, so I get that. It gets complicated, but SoRare's biggest problem and opportunity is the fact that they, they don't start when the season starts. Like, we have to wait a month, let's say, for new Premier League cards. And you have to convince lots and lots of people to start playing a game a month into the season. Yeah. And that's not easy. Like, that was the biggest problem they had with baseball that yeah. they launch mid season and people just aren't thinking about like starting fantasy leagues in the middle of the season. And I think they need to find a solution for it because it, it's people are most excited just before the season starts. And that's when you need to get them in. And by September, like so many people give up on even FPL by yeah, September, by September. They, you have the international break when everyone's like, oh, this is when you wildcard and like start over. But so many people leave because they're just like, "I." Oh, you forget for a week because it's not happening and then you just never go back and Mm -hmm. so rare will have that problem except they're not even launching and so people are already like oh no i'm done with fantasy
0: i feel like they maybe have this naive view that it's like oh but we're weekly do you know and like we're twice a week and you know it doesn't matter you know we aren't we aren't the same game we aren't playing season by season you know Maybe, maybe they don't feel this if they if they don't feel this how have they just missed the start of the season but it's like that's the only counterpoint I could think it's that like, it's not a season long game. So starting at the start of the season doesn't matter as much, but like the reality is that to the whole world, fantasy is like a season long thing. And that's, you're not going to get the opportunity to explain yourself. If you're calling yourself a fancy football game, be ready for the start of the season.
1: That right. Like it's, it's really difficult from their perspective because you, you said it like people think of it as a as season-long fantasy football and even if it even games that are not season-long people still want to be interested or people are most interested just before the season starts like that is the peak interest of the season when no games have been played when anything can happen and everybody thinks they know everything and so it's like yeah yeah we had this great game just come back to us in six weeks and and you'll have blast it's like that's not going to work and so they're the hardest thing for them is getting people to think about fantasy 12 months a year
0: yeah well too late now let's see what happens (laughs) (laughs) let's see what happens next year
1: (laughs) i mean maybe maybe there will be some great ad blitz in september when the new cards come out and everybody can get excited but
0: Oh, you mean He's... to tell me Erling Haaland's an ambassador? Yeah, that'd be fun. Would be fun, but it's just anyway, we we'll thinking? move on from Debbie Downerville. And For real. So the last thing before we get into the structure of this show to talk about is that before the show, I said to you about the structure of the show, and I said it's kind of pissing me off, and you said let's talk about that, and I said okay. Shut your mouth, we'll talk about it live. What I say the structure is pissing me off is the repetitiveness of it kind of gets to me. And I need viewers to tell me and listeners to be very honest. And you're not don't, don't attack me or be mean. <laughs> but the reason I put a structure in is that I got feedback from a few people saying you waffle a bit sometimes. Talk about fucking so rare. I'd be a bit more structured. <laughs> so I did it. But now that I'm here, I'm like, oh, maybe I just want to waffle sometimes. <laughs>
1: Like, so- do people
0: really give a fuck about you scouting three players? Maybe they do. I actually find that more kind of interesting because it opens up players that I maybe wouldn't have thought about. Like, a new feature can be a fun thing, but it can get quite repetitive. Cap Cup, who gives a fuck, really? I mean, it can be a bit of fun. I think it would work much better if it was like a Monday podcast because then people could be like, oh, that could be a good person to fill in my Cap 240. But the problem is this goes out to Friday, so it, it doesn't really work. So it's basically like, if it was a big grand prize... But I mean, I don't really want to put up a big grand prize <laughs> for something like that. And that, you know,
1: what are your thoughts? So I have listened to every so far so Rare podcast, and when you announced the new structure, I was furious. Oh, and no. I was like, I'm never listening again. Oh wow! And part of it is because I really like. Hearing you talk to people that I don't talk to and hearing what they think about the game, or hearing about just what they think about anything. And that's what that's what draws me to this show. And it, when it when you start doing the other things, it feels like those are kind of their own videos. Like you should do your own every week. Here are the players that are pumping. I don't need them mm. here. I'm here to hang out and listen to you talk to somebody. And now that's something I enjoy, maybe other people who listen like the other things. But I feel like the show started fundamentally with like you sitting down with somebody in the sober community, could be somebody that a lot of people know, could be somebody that no, like no one really knows. And just getting their perspective, you had people with a lot of different galleries, people who, who only played the free game, like that's what I really liked. Now again, this is my opinion. This is and that's how I came mm-hmm. to the show. Uh and then and I get upset when you ask me to be on it because then I can't listen to somebody new. I'm
0: in trouble because this of, week.
1: it's yeah, it's it, you this show became part of my routine. Like Fridays, I opened my phone, new episode on Spotify, so far so i and Pumped. And I feel like there are sometimes, and I do this with my own shows sometimes, that I try not to schedule them too much because I found when I did that, I was ending conversations that I feel like could have kept going because I was like, oh, wait, I have these other things to get to. And then actually Maxine, who did Office Hours, and excuse me, Off Topic last week, actually commented that I do that sometimes still. I like cut off conversations because... We have to get on to the I next bit. Yeah. Or, or I'm like, Oh, it's been 60 minutes. Done. So anyway, so when you asked me to be on the show, I was like, yeah, I would love to. And I was like, what's the homework again? And now it felt like work. Oh. And it, it feels like people who come on this show, I will say that when I s- first started doing content and I started going on other people's shows, I would, I'd get like nervous because I'm like wow like I didn't do, I wasn't regular at this and it felt like everyone you've had is super comfortable which is crazy because the number of people you've had on the show like the fact that like I cannot think of a single episode where I'm like man that guy was really nervous to talk to John and there's just this great dynamic with you and whoever hosts or excuse me whoever's coming on as a guest and it's just an enjoyable listen to me and I think that there is a place for that in in the SoRare ecosystem. And I know somebody, one of the questions that we got was about rare content was there too much, like this doesn't happen that much. And so there, I think there's a place for, what do you think about rare this week? And being able to get your opinion and someone else's every week is really entertaining. And that's why I listen. And so when it's like the pump permission, I've got my guys, I did my homework. Although I did say I was going to not do the cap cup just out of spite. And also because I, back in the day, we were talking about this before that I won the 137 game. So I feel like I should be exempt from all other games. Yeah, fair. Yeah. But that's how I feel about this show. That it's a, a place to like find out how other people look at Sober because at least with me, I do a lot of shows and I tend to do it with the same people. So I don't get a lot of perspective, like lots of perspective. So it's really interesting to hear people who are like, yeah, I only play the second division and I focus on the championship because that's what I watched. And it's like, cool. What is your experience like? And that's the stuff I love. And I don't even remember what the question was that you asked to start this off. I'd love Have to actually been- go back to it, but
0: unfortunately cap I need to move you on because we've got the cap cup to get to. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that one in my head for two minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I ran into bit.
0: No, but I, I agree. I think I agree ultimately. I think, um, you see, the problem is trying to get new guests every week, I just got sick of that shit because the problem is you get a few people. That's a real pain It's a pain on the arse trying to organize. People say they want to come on and you can't find a time. But whenever you stick to, people probably notice by now, I generally am getting content creators or people who I have a bit of rapport with. And the reason is it's easy. They probably have a good mic and a camera and they're probably free during the day when I want to record these. I don't want to record these at eight o'clock at night because I have a life. So it's like, picking people like you and Haber and Nepenthes and Quinny and whoever else makes content and comes on the show, Do you know, it's just easier. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm thinking like the structure, I'm finding it quite repetitive and boring now. Maybe the listeners are, maybe they aren't. And I just think you're right. The other video, if you're listening on a podcast, you're listening on podcasts, but if you're on YouTube, there'll be other videos scouting. There'll be other videos looking at people. And I think ultimately with the likes of a new feature, those things come in conversation natural anyway. I actually think I'd like to lean more into the questions, but that requires a little bit of, I think questions and topics even, topics. Even if you don't have a question, a topic, like talk about this, talk about the divisions I should prioritize, talk about the fucking whatevers, talk about ETH versus cash, whatever it is. it's like But that requires a little bit of uh, audience participation. So when I post out on Twitter, get the questions in, and the last few weeks have been great, but I think they started to dry up a wee bit. And I was like, right, fuck this. Because then if you come in, it's a slow week and there's nothing to talk about. There's no big announcements. You know, it isn't maybe as dynamic as it used to be where every week there was drama, every week something was happening. If there's nothing to really talk about, conversations will be quite repetitive each week. Unless people give you a few ideas. But anyway, all that to say, the cost of you getting your way is that you've done your homework and I'm not even going to ask you about it. <laughs> I made you do the homework and I don't even care. Tell us the three names, but we'll not go into it. Tell us the three names of who you picked. Uh, Ah, we don't care. We'll We'll ask some questions. (laughs) No, go on. Give give us the three names. Give us the three names.
1: I'm going to give you one only because I practiced this, because I wanted you to see if you could guess who it was. Okay. So this was the, what is the, the bargain. Okay. Who was also under 23. He's an under twenty-three forward, okay. Who has similar players as Noah Lang, similar score? Jeremy Doku. Would you bet?
0: You said uh, who has same players? You meant to say same numbers? I I imagine.
1: No, no, no. similar players like on Sora data where they like score (sighs) similarly. Oh, okay. So
0: So, I'm the fool here. My bad.
1: No, no, no. my my fault. My fault. Sign up to Sora data. Code name. Code. What is it? Nellis. John Nellis.
0: John Nellis what what stupid, the the top tier. The top tier? you know just use John is that the plug I'm going to get you to do the plug alright go on tell me more
1: so he's a similar player meaning he scores similarly to Noah Lang Jeremy Doku uh, Dominic Fitz and there was another big one Erling Haaland you may have heard heard of him mm. but costs a third less than whoever the cheapest one of those guys is and he plays in the Premier League
0: I know who he is. Hit me. I genuinely think I know who it is. Is it Dwight McNeil? Yes! Dwight McNeil. Hey, I was, Dwight McNeil. Was the most I was digging around player. earlier and uh, I actually, because I was digging around looking at like the um, the free-to-play mode for the Premier League and like what I was going to do this week. Dwight McNeil has obscene scores. He didn't play the opening
1: game week. Yeah. Ankle injury, I think. Yeah. Right now. But, like, but his scores look at his scores. So like, if if you saw his scores and you were like, this is an under 23 forward who takes set pieces, anybody should be interested in that. Hmm.
0: I agree. He's massively underpriced. wonder who's selling the super rare. Can I go and nab it for cheap? Here Every I go. What am I doing right now? I'm going to go and try and buy a Dwight McNeil super rare. He's a forward and I need them. Mr. Yeah. Swap. I like it. And this is why we do this segment in the show, Laird.
1: Aren't you having fun now? <laughs> I will say that I, I tried to buy a stack based off of one of the pump permissions. I don't even remember what team it was. It was one of those things that I started going down that road. And I was like, this all sounds great. And then I started doing it. And I was like, this is really dumb. I've done like no, like my do your own research was listening to So Far So Rare. And some guy like, yeah, you should buy these cars. And I'm like, sounds great let me
0: do that check the show notes there's a disclaimer for people like you
1: <laughs> huh.
0: do your own research and due diligence I will not be accountable for anything you lose <laughs> this is my research right you, here yeah. yeah fair well I love the Dwight McNeil shout and I do agree is rare is coming in at like what just over .18 like that's considering those scores pretty obscene now Everton are, that, that is purely the Everton effect Everton are crap but mm-hmm. as we've seen in so rare you know you can have a Crap guy, or a crap team, but a good guy. He, he yeah, shot a 64 sure. in a 3-0 defeat to Man City last season. And that was all AA. All AA. Yeah. Yep. Against Newcastle, they got beat 4-1. He shot a 71. Now he got a goal, 72. Beat 3-1 yep. by Fulham, got a goal. Shot 82.7. Just, yeah, I'm into it. Will I ask you some questions? Yeah. Do you like the photo Alex picked for the thumbnail? You've got your big cool glasses on.
1: I think it's just my Twitter photo,
0: isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, you must like that photo then. I like your big <laughs> cool glasses.
1: <laughs> I actually lost those glasses, and I was crushing so at it.
0: keeping it just to remember them forever. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. We actually have a good few questions, which is nice. Good fun. Um, I'm just going to start asking random ones. We'll focus on this for the yeah. show. So, this is from Kelvin. Hypothetical scenario alert. Reverse the 10-year legacy and coverage of the MLS and the Saudi Pro League on rare. Please justify why the MLS should or should not be licensed in this scenario as of 16th of August, 2023, player rosters. The time frame for analysis of the decision and the uh, reasons for and against not pursuing coverage and or a license other than lack of card supply if it was scored. Is he basically saying, why is the MLS covered but not
1: the Saudi Pro League? I
0: think it
1: was... I had to read this three times also. I think it is... Imagine that MLS was never licensed and the Saudi Pro League has been licensed. Should we license the MLS now? Oh, and okay. I the answer is unquestionably yes. And it has nothing to do with with MLS or the Saudi Pro League and everything to do with American consumers. And I say that and MLS is like the second or third most popular league in the US. It's like, it's not even the most popular. And so, but you still need to have something in this market. And I realize that it's difficult. It, I appreciate that there could be some pushback on that opinion coming from an American, but I think it's really difficult to like try to have a worldwide game and and exclude the United States. And so of course you should have the MLS. So which why I, I was calling Pro League. I don't I don't want the Starting Pro League covered.
0: Why what's the difference? I'm just devil's advocate guy for the question. Like why?
1: I don't have any cards there. <laughs>
0: I have a few now. It's completely
1: self like it's it's completely selfish. And there are I know that there are users, shout out to Zarchipu specifically, who have lost huge cards there and like i understand that they're really bummed about losing all of that and i i do think that they will get a license for the saudi pro league but my my one argument right now and i think somebody posted it the other day of the list of players who have gone meaning like the list of famous players who have gone excluding neymar none of them are players that you are like, oh, so and so's on. I'm going to go watch this match in Saudi Arabia. Ronaldo. And how many how many matches did you watch?
0: I've watched none, and I'm not going to watch any because of Neymar. But I'm not. But I think like saying that Neymar is a bigger draw than Ronaldo is wrong.
1: That's fair. That's that's totally fair. I was actually going to use Neymar a little bit because league UN coverage is. Minimal in the U.S., but you can get it. And this is a team that had Neymar, Messi, and Mbappe. Mm. Nobody, cares. nobody cares, and most people are perfectly content watching highlights of these things. And I, I really struggle to see a situation where you sit down one day and want to watch Al halal versus Al Itihad because of the players who are there. Now, granted. The expectation is that more players will go. And at some point, you would think the league would be good enough that we want to watch it. But I just don't think we're there yet. And so I don't i don't care enough. I really don't. Do you think going so, so should the
0: get involved politically in terms of sports watching and having an opinion on that front? Like, should they make a stance on that front? Or should it all be based off, like, this other stuff we're talking about in terms of comparisons with other nations and how it affects the game? or should it be about like human rights
1: I think that it's a really slippery slope that like they can they can have an opinion like they can take a stance I think publicly taking a stance there's just no there's no win but I think you, the every tweet you see of people who are negative about Saudi Arabia and someone's like well then let's just get rid of Newcastle too and everyone's like oh but, but they're they're this different it's like it's not really that different, and so that's that's the slope you end up going down. We'll move
0: on to his second question, uh, Kelvin Getting all the the big conversations happening uh, when women's football eventually comes, who'd be the first player you will look to buy? Rose Lavelle. Who's Rose Lavelle?
1: Yeah, she plays for the U.S. Women's National Team. I I don't even know who she plays for for a club. Maybe Lindsay Horan because she plays in Lyon. I. I don't follow women's football really at all. Every four years I get somewhat interested and this year I struggled to get interested because of the time zone difference where the US team was playing at three o'clock in the morning and mm. I just wasn't waking up for it or staying up. And I think so rare would get me into women's football. Like yeah. if they, even if they had a a separate game I think I don't even want to really talk about whether they should integrate it into the men's game. But if they had a separate game, I would play.
0: If I can get into the NBA and MLB, I can get into women's football. Sure. You know, it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. First player I'd buy is Katie McCabe. I've just Googled who our captain is. So I'd go for Ireland's captain, Katie McCabe. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd be doing. There you go. Um, well, I can't say I've followed it at the World Cup, to be honest.
1: I just, it's not, well, this year for me, it was very difficult because everything is overnight. And so watching live, I watched the first two U.S. games because they started at 9 p.m., I think, here, which was reasonable, but the other ones were like one on three in the morning. And I just didn't care to wake up. I'm not sure I would watch them then.
0: Are you ready for a name drop of the century? I think I might have told you this because I was you're the only person I talked to you about Julio Rodriguez, my f- my friend, oh. he messaged me. He sent me a voice message out of nowhere when Canada were playing Ireland in the Women's World Cup because his girlfriend plays for Canada, and he's like, "I'm thinking of you." <laughs> I was like, "What is life? <laughs> what is this?" So yeah, that kind of that's the that was how I knew the Women's World Cup like had like kicked off. Julio mm-hmm. Rodriguez saying, "I'm watching Canada versus Ireland."
1: So I actually think I would watch more women's football if if it was more if it was fed to me more if that makes sense. Like I know the NWSL which is the the US women's league. Like I can watch it if I go out and find it. And I know that like Lyon are great and Barcelona's great and I I have not taken any effort to find out how to watch. And although I do think, I think it's La Liga just went to DAZN or something like that. But anyway, I think I would watch if it was fed to me. And I say this partially because I have a daughter who plays football and has basically no exposure to professional women's football. And I think seeing women play football is, encouraging and inspiring but i so maybe that's back to the dad part maybe that's me being a dad dad and not finding like women's football to watch but it it's just not here at least in the states it's not it's not pushed towards me as a consumer mm. and i i don't have the effort to look for it yeah Which i think a problem. it's a really
0: hard one i had an interesting conversation today with my mom and dad because my content blew up because of the world cup Mm-hmm. the men's world cup and now it's the female world cup and i haven't made a single video about it and they were like they watched some documentary that apparently was phenomenal around prejudices and sport and i think pogba was on it and talking about the women's game and talking about whatever else they said why why wouldn't you make not not like not having a go at me they know i'm very liberal and equality and all the rest but they were um they're like why wouldn't you make it you should make some with the, the female final and i was you know maybe in the final there's an angle but ultimately like It's not my job to be woke and to spread the good news of ladies football. That's like, I don't even Mm. know who it is, the FA or whoever promotes this stuff. I I don't know whose job that is, FIFA or whatever it is. It's not my job. My job is to get views. And unfortunately, the views aren't in it. I put out a video today, the five fastest players in the Premier League, like opening weekend. I know that will get 5, 10x the views that if I do a video on the female game. Mm. And you know... You have to say, oh, well, you can be the change. You know, you're know, you the one who should spread the news. But ultimately, it's a case of like, it's going to take, every short we make takes like four hours or something, roughly, give or take. It can take less, it can take more. But three to four hours, say. Am I going to put three to four hours worth of editing time and resource into something that's not going to get views? That doesn't make sense for me. And I was talking to Alex and I was saying, like, how good would it be if they give people like me? Why would they give people like me? They should give it to, they probably do, Sky Sports. People have the rights for these things. But can you imagine I had the, the go-ahead green light to share like the five best goals of the women's world cup the five hardest hit strikes of the women's world cup the five fastest players one run faster than saka you know people are like what you know there's videos i can make but ultimately because people don't know the players they will care less about the stories and because they care less about the stories in my opinion the views will do less whereas if you keep it to strictly the football I think there's an angle, but I don't have that footage. I don't have the ability to do that. That's a separate conversation, but ultimately it's a shame. Um I'd like to see the, the women's game on so rare. It's very hard how you integrate it, but like I've no doubt I can get involved. I've been starting to care about the NBA. Women's football's a an easy thing to convert to. I
1: I think that there is a market if even if like I said, even if it was a completely separate game, I think there's a market for it. Mm.
0: It's definitely like growing, you know, mm-hmm. particularly I think in England with the Lionesses and all that. And I think they've, I think they made the final. I didn't follow it today. You did? Yeah. They made the final. Um, obviously, your lot, the Americans got knocked out pretty early, which was a big upset, wasn't it?
1: Very big. They were, uh, yeah, three times, like defending champion. Yeah. Um,
0: anyway, moving on. Um, if you could transfer one non-Michelin card in your gallery to Michelin in real life, who would it be? And you've already replied to this one, Lionel Messi. Yeah, That's absolutely. I would love it from the Sorear yeah. Fox. Marco Sullivan has asked a few. I'm just going to start reading them. I'm going top to bottom of Twitter comments. By the way, I should probably go from most
1: liked. So I, I do most. I like just them. want to say that Mark, I think Mark has like the best questions every time you like post about like, "Hey, here's my guest. What questions you have?" I think yeah, Mark has thought some, into them. And I he really that. does. It's a, yeah, absolutely.
0: I'm going to ask a couple of other ones and then we're going to get stuck in the marks, right? Just because I think this one's kind of fun. How many Luton players can you name? <laughs> if you name five, I will transfer you a fiver on solar. So, rare.
1: so I, I watched that video and the answer is still zero. Like, I don't <laughs> my So I, I don't want to like call out when the first time you posted the video, did when you talked to uh, Verbruggen, did you. Show on the video that it's him or not, uh yes, okay, because I must have like just missed because I think it said not well, like, the Brighton first goalkeeper.
0: not the first goal. Okay. yeah, it said Brighton goalkeeper on the this final edit because I thought a lot of people wouldn't have a clue who it was,
1: so I looked at it, I don't think most people would know either, but like I'm a so rare junkie, and I'm like, was that but like I went back and like if that is not Bartford for that is amazing how similar yeah. it looks. And then I saw the final one and it was like Brighton goalkeeper. I was like, yes, nailed it.
0: It was uh, I, yeah, I got zero. literally zero. So we drove down to Brighton and we're just recording some stuff because we were free on a Saturday and it's like an hour and a half from Alex's house and said, like, let's go down and do some short form content. I thought like, what can we do at this game? So naming players and doing this. There's a couple of videos that have went out, but one was just like, I come up with name five Luton players when a fiver, because no one can name five Luton players. And the, the whole joke is that they just watched them. So we went post yeah. kickoff. They just watched oh, them those. for 90 minutes. Yeah, they just watched them for 90 minutes, and no one could name five. Apart from that, one guy, the, the guy who actually won it in the video, um, he worked for Brighton as their under twenty one something, one of their under-21s coaches. Or,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, but um, no one could do it. So you can't do it. but Barver Verbruggen, So at the end of the game, the players come out this wee tunnel and loads of people waiting on Matoma. The mad the draw Matoma has um from the Japanese community. There's so yeah. many of them who come over from Matoma. Um but was waiting for players to come out. A few of them they come out this wee tunnel and then they turn left under their car park, then they drive their car park past where we were, and it was so chilled like like very few people cared. Once you got past the original barrier of people, um it was like they drive past you or walk past you like Joao pedro just drove past me and it was like he gets pelters by the way apparently like apparently i don't know who said this i'm not reporting it it's well known he he rode like a 15 year old in brazil but apparently it's legal to ride 15 year olds in brazil or something so whenever he played in this championship Luton fans know him from there so i was standing there chilling i was like i don't know any of this I'm like trying to get him to pull his window down because I'm going to take a silly video and ask him Canadian 5 Luton players. And like out of nowhere, like 15 Luton fans start going, Jaupedo, Pedo, and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm getting away from this one. Yeah. Jesus <laughs>
1: Christ. It's Homer Simpson that one too? <laughs> yeah,
0: literally, just, oh no. But um, got big Vard Verbruggen walking out to get his lift. He didn't have a car apparently, so he walked out to get a lift. Wow. Got him off guard. But anyway, actually, I'll tell you a quick story of the week. Then we're doing Marco Sullivan's questions.
1: So that I like. You want that that
0: section to stay? Okay, so that's the one that stays. All right. So I'm actually, this is almost like a promo video for the long form video that'll come out in my main channel in like four weeks to six weeks. But it is definitely, this is the thing when I'm making videos, it's like they're the craziest things I do each week. Sure. So on Saturday, on Sunday morning I woke up and I'll tell you what the first 10 seconds of this video is going to look like. I'm trapped on a train and I can't get off. The, oh, no, what does it go like? I'm trapped on a train and it's travelling 100 miles an hour away from my destination. And I can't get off until I find someone to go to the game with. So basically we got on a train in London, going to Newcastle, the other end of the country. Like the absolute other end of England. And we were going to a game in London. So the train's at like 125 mile an hour <laughs> and we can't get off until we find someone so I'm walking up and down this train trying to find someone who's just spent 100 quid on a train ticket on a Sunday for a 3 hour train to turn around and come back to London so it was fucking hard and I ended up Absolutely. talking over the like the little thing on the train, the tannoy uh-huh. yeah we also did mad shit like we tried to get a pizza delivered to the train I won't spoil how that goes but it was a bad day and then ended up throwing a birthday party at Stamford Bridge. So that video is coming soon. But it was a crazy day. Outside that, in real life, I don't think anything really mad's happened.
1: It seems that's okay.
0: I got kind of an impromptu first class. So I got on to an Air Lingus flight, and I'd paid for like the front row extra legroom seat. But as it turned out, I don't know if the plane got replaced or what. It was a bougier plane than planned. Ooh. So I always pay for a bit of extra leg room because I like a bit of extra leg room. And this one was like, I could lie down, like the seat went mm-hmm. down, but it, it wasn't meant to be that. I didn't pay enough for that. But because the plane had been replaced or something, I ended up sat front on my own in the front row with extra leg room, free drinks and snacks, a TV, um, a massager in my seat. Ooh. Yeah. Amazing.
1: So that, I told I told your story about when the Italian grandmother didn't think your phone was on airplane mode. Oh that bitch. <laughs> I fucking I
0: forgot about that. And you've just brought it up again.
1: Fucking uh, I think my favorite part of this story was if you were so angry and noticed she had a mask on and started coughing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it doesn't make sad. me look great does it it doesn't make me it look. Great. Oh i
1: don't even know how that story came out but i was like wait something like reminded me of it i was like i have a story it's from john <laughs> yeah oh that bitch um, can i tell my story that i told you the other day yep <clears throat> so my
0: oh no does this is this the one that makes me look good yes well, I've just said yes, so now it sounds like I'm really eager for you to share to. it. I don't have to. Well, like you've said it now, so now everyone's wondering, but I don't want people thinking like, oh, the way I kind of eagerly went,
1: yeah, <laughs> do you know? Anyway. Well, I'm going to tell it. So I am driving my son and one of his football teammates to their training session, which is like, was like a 35 minute drive. And... I bring them to their practice. They play for an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is, and we're getting, we get back in the car. And as all 12 and 13 year old kids do, they get in the car and they take their phone out and they just start watching stuff. And my son is in the front seat with me. His friend is in the back. I don't know why he didn't sit back there with him, whatever. And all of a sudden I'm driving and I hear John Nellis's voice. And not like uh, something happened and I hear John talking to me. Like I literally hear his voice. I'm like, oh, and my son is a big John Nellis fan. And I look over in the Well, actually I was going to say over to my right. You would be left for a lot of people business, but I'm driving. In the <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I look over and my son's phone is like in the console. Like it's not him. And I'm like, that's weird. And all of a sudden I realize it's his friend in the back. And I was like, is that John Nellis? He was like, what? And I was like, are you watching John Nellis? He was like, yeah, I love John Nellis. After (laughs) Fabrizio Romano, he's like all of the videos I watch. And I was like, really? And he's like, why do you know him? And I'm like, yes, I do. (laughs) Taking this (laughs) opportunity to look like a very cool dad. And my son was like, yeah, they like went to a game in Orlando together. He takes my phone out. We got, I have a picture, which I then said, I have no picture of just me and John, which is just crazy. But I was like, yeah, I know Johnny's like, wow, that's really cool. And now, like, I think I moved up the friends' dad's rankings just because of Johnny Nellis. Do
0: you know what I want to happen? The way your son, you said, is a fan of me, likes Chani, definitely likes Nepenthes as well. I can't wait until all our kids are Andy Laird fans. How nice a moment will that be?
1: Yeah, I don't think that's happening, but thank you for that.
0: Someday, someday. Um, no that's fun it's happening and it is happening more than ever before that type of stuff so the, the other part of that first class thing was that an American kid came up to me who had been over to see Chelsea and was going over to Dublin then to um I don't know their family were on an Irish thing but I was sat in the front and you know who else was actually up there a guy he was an IT Crowd uh, I'm going to find his name IT Crowd Cast he's actually like proper famous Chris O'Dowd he's a famous Guy, everyone would recognise him. But he was sat in up there as well. He was going London to Dublin and the kid came up and asked for a photo of me and I looked like the celebrity beside an actual celebrity. It was funny. But um yeah, there we go. Enough of me being the hero of my own story. Marco Sullivan has asked a few questions. Since your chat with Nepenthes on the So Rare Data Show, how do you feel about microtransactions? If you had to pick one to add, what would it be and why? So fill us in briefly and then go for it. I need to be going about yeah, 10 so, to 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, so Nep and I did a show about how, what do we call it? How microtransactions can save or ruin SoRare. Very, ooh, let's find out. Anyway, go check it out on the SORA data channel on YouTube. But the, obviously Nep's history playing FIFA, which is like just filled with microtransactions. He said he played like Candy Crush and all these other games that use microtransactions. The whole conversation was how, how SoRare could integrate them into the game. And he said one of his biggest critiques of FIFA when it came to microtransactions is it felt like too much of the game started to be about the microtransactions of, hey, here's like a cool new feature, which gets even cooler if you buy whatever. And that actually was the part of the, how could could basically ruin their own game when all like everything just requires you to be like, all right, give me another dollar, another dollar, another... and it just just feels like you're constantly giving away money to get these small things that you think are important. And the more that we talked about it, the more open I got to cosmetic things in the game, which Maxime had actually mentioned early on. And I was like, I'm not doing that shit. Like, I'm not buying anything to make my to get a new banner or whatever. Mm. But the more I talked to Nep about it, he was like, What if you could have? something on your card that, that showed that it was in a podium lineup, And every time you use it, there's like something there that shows it. And we kind of talked about whether it was, you know, whether we could change the NFT and really what I, the, the idea that gets in my head that we, I have no idea if this is in their plan, but if you're really using the, the idea that these are cards and John, you know, you have a bunch of physical cards, like you keep them in those plastic cases so that they're nice and safe. Like what if you could put your rare card in the plastic case that had certain badges or emblems or whatever on them to kind of represent how successful that card has been in your gallery. And selling the card, you don't sell the case with it because like you want the, those things, but theoretically if they're nfts you could sell them it would be weird for somebody to buy like oh i have this card that john nellis won whatever with but if you want to go nuts and so i do think that cosmetic stuff like that that like shows off how good you are in the game could be interesting enough for me to use this cash balance i have on them
0: imagine like what why wa's liverpool stacks would look like on the game with their little plastic cases with all their podiums yeah. and wins, yeah, was just look obscene. Um, another question from Mark: If you, have you started prepping for the new SoRare NBA season, and what advice would you give to someone preparing for the new NBA season?
1: No, I have not. Literally, like the he actually had some questions about NBA and MLB. That, so I. I'm, I play those games very differently, but also similarly in the fact that I don't put much effort into them. And if it wasn't for sort of data, which sounds like a selfish plug, but it's, it is, and also the truth, I wouldn't play. And you've talked about this, like with your baseball lineups, like you don't follow baseball that closely and you use the lineup builder and you I don't follow it world. at
0: all. Get, get it right. I don't follow it at all.
1: Okay, even better. Uh, and I, I don't follow baseball much, honestly. And he, the lineup builder, like I do everything in there. I don't. I haven't bought a single baseball card since. la I think it's almost nine months now. And I'm basically doing with my MLB gallery what I wish I could do with football that I just like bought cards at one point and then they're just churning rewards. And now I have full lineups that are all rewards and those are winning rewards. You can't really play football that way. And NBA doesn't really work that way either, but it's closer. And so the answer is no, I haven't done anything for NBA. Part of it is that the game moves so much that, you know, when they use L 10 instead of L 15, everything's in a cap. So, buying cards now like yeah i could use them some game weeks but others they might not fit so you just have to be really flexible when it comes to nba and so me starting now I, there's just no benefit for me starting now
0: i won't even answer the question i am not preparing and i don't know how to prepare i just have cards <laughs> that i'll stick in the lineups with whatever so rare data tells me at the time and as an actual plug sign up to so rare data using the link below or code john nellis um yeah, I I don't even know what to say. I say the same thing every week because I just think it's the most powerful thing. It's like, I'm actually just selling something that I use every day. So it's like, I use it every day and you see how ball's deep I am in this thing. So it's like, I don't know how anyone... That's it all. I don't know how you could play the game without it. There you go. And you could sign up for free and then use all the free features and then maybe upgrade. But whenever you sign up, you'll get two weeks free at the top tier anyway. So you'll know what you're missing out on. Ooh.
1: I I find it really difficult to play... Well, I don't find it difficult because I actually don't do it. But like, I I would find it very difficult to not be able to play.
0: I wouldn't play if so rare data went down tomorrow. I would still play as long as I have the cards, right? But my interest in the current product would drop significantly, and I could see myself not having a clue what to be at and probably selling stuff. That's a god's honest truth. I think it's
1: just it's just really difficult to do what everybody does now without it. I mean, if you've got five cards, button.
0: or if you've got play for free, you could probably get away with it. But it's like whenever you get to like the multiple lineups stage, yep. you're kind of screwed, right? Last one from Mark: um, What sport do you like? Just one word. What What sport on do you like the most? Football. Sandwiches. Oh, I was always. I hope you said sa- I hope you would say it at the same time. We finish these other sandwiches anyway. You own two hundred eighty-six so rare cards, a hundred and sixty-five MLB cards, and a hundred and thirty-six MBA cards. Do you like MBA the least?
1: No. No. <clears throat> so you like the MLB the least? I
0: pick your least favorite, and
1: don't it's give me probably... some bullshit. Oh. No, it, it's probably MLB because I actually like the NBA more than MLB. Like in real life, like I would much rather watch a basketball game than a baseball game. Mm. But I own more MLB cards because you need more for your lineups. Like you need seven for for MLB and only five for NBA.
0: Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm going to ask another question or two here. We'll skip Mark's last one just for time. because so we've we'll asked them all, but thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. Colette. Um, asks in terms of creator content we have a few podcasts and a few youtubers do you feel we have enough content relative to the size slash reach of so rare are there things we could see in other fantasy sports communities that sewer so content creators could fill or the things we see um
1: what do you think on that i don't think we're remotely close to having enough mm. and i say that as somebody who basically does something every day the so that question reminded me of your conversation with Nep last week, which if anybody hasn't watched or listened, go do that. I'm I get really interested in things like that though. So I realize it may be of more interest to me than than others. But when you guys were talking about people who get into content and what you know, what like I never thought having a good camera and a good mic mattered and as soon as somebody said it mattered i was like does it and then i went and realized that everything i watched was like high higher quality stuff it sounded better it looked better and the ones that don't sound good and don't look good we just inevitably were like i don't know if this is not that enjoyable to watch or whatever and i i went on this it wasn't really a rant but i talked about it on off topic recently that if you're somebody who wants to do so economy, like go do it because you got to start, it's, you got to start somewhere. And if it's something that you're really interested in, the more you do, the better you'll get. And so I, I think that there's plenty of so many, there's so many things you could do with so economy that's not being done right now. And a lot of it is not being done right now. Cause people don't have the time or they've already focused on one thing and not the other, but they're, There's so much more that can be done. And if you're somebody who's like, hey,
0: I kind of do this and nobody else
1: is talking about it, then go talk about it.
0: Well, do you know what? Here's a random one for you. And we're at the end of the podcast. So it's the diehards here now. So they'll stay anyway. From a content perspective, what I find really hard with So Rare is I imagine loads of people start their podcast or start a channel, realize it's hard, realize you get 100 views a week for ages, and give up. The problem with So Rare content as well is that it's not saturated. But it's not saturated at all. But it's the, the ceiling is quite low because it's quite a small community. So like people look at YouTubers and dream of the millions and the thousands and whatever. You're not going to get that with Sora at the minute. Like at all. Like if I put it my 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 best video, I don't know about other people's numbers because I'm not looking, but like my best video of this whole preseason has maybe done four and a half to five thousand views. That's my best video, someone who's made Sora content for like three years. So what I find hard about making content in the so rare world is the upside is relatively capped. You're doing it purely out of passion for a community. I don't think you're necessarily doing it for monetary gain. I think in terms of sign-ups, it's very different content to sign people up to SoRare, which is the only way content creators get paid, than it is to really appease the so rare community, the people who are actually here. So there's two types of content. There's onboarding content, which is how any content creator who's an affiliate to SoRare will get paid. And then there's like, maybe you could say the more lavish stuff or in-depth conversation or higher pro, like for example, Harry counting up a so rare score to a game. That's an amazing thing for the community. People love that. How long did that take Harry? And how many people is that going to sign up? Therefore, how much has Harry got paid for that content? I have no idea. Unless you have a brand deal behind it, unless we are paying you for it. So I'm talking from a content standpoint exclusively. I think it's very hard. I have a million ideas that are like, higher level for so rare like the time when i put myself out there and spent a couple of grand to go and do a vlog in barcelona it got 2500 views or something still that's all it has so it's like i think it's very hard to iterate and push the boat out within the terms where people people message me like honestly i get loads of messages of like here's a great idea john you should go and do this on the streets and ask people about this in regards so rare or here john you should go to this game because i got offered recently and this is a the be- such a generous offer. I was invited to go to Ferro. You know the guy who used to be like cheat code in So Five. Ferro, Portuguese yeah, guy. Croatia no, now. Right? Yeah, I was invited to go to his house for dinner. I know his. I know one of his mates, right? We can go to his house. We can have some fun. We can go to a game. We can do this, and we can shoot a so rare video. I was invited to go to Julio Rodriguez's house to watch baseball. Right? This isn't name dropping for the sake of name dropping. This is name dropping to tell you. Those are so rare things for me. But it doesn't make sense for me when my life now is content and how I pay myself and feed myself as content to spend the hundreds if not thousands. I mean, people don't realize how much it actually costs to get like high-level stuff edited and video, video, videographed, recorded. It's like, would that be great for the so rare community? Yes. But does it make sense for the content creators to do higher-level stuff? No. The only thing, I used to bitch about this all the time, the only thing it makes sense for content creators to make in regards to so rare is stuff that's going to sign people up the only thing you're motivated or or paid to do other than passion and love for a community or friend you know what i mean i don't see why like what's the upside where's the money coming from and if it's not money you're doing it for passion and i'm not saying it all has to be money i'm saying whenever you get to like where i'm at now anyway where i'm not quite in a nepenthes who's had 10 15 20 however long years of it is of successful content and can maybe chase more passion projects now. I'm kind of at the point where it's like, I need to pay bills.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't think so rare right now is in a any position where people can make content and live off that. And I think what it comes down to now is all of us are just putting in our reps right now. Mm-hmm. And we have an expectation or hope that's so rare it blows up and you want to be able to have hundreds or thousands of hours of content done when it blows up so that you're not starting when it's already big because nobody's going to know you when it's big. And so that's the way I, I look at it for anybody who's starting now because 99% of people are going to be really bad when they start. Maybe not really bad, but they're going to be bad. And they're gonna be better a year after that or two years and every one that you do hopefully you're better mm. and so you want to be when the, when the point comes if it comes that's so rare becomes this household name and you you can say i've done this for five ten years five years here are all the videos i've made and by then you're polished and you know what to do, and you know what to talk about, and that's when you appreciate the your work. You get you get the benefits of all of your mm-hmm. work, and it's very similar to a lot of things. I kind of equate it to working out. If you want to be somebody who can lift five hundred pounds at some point, you you can't start by lifting five hundred pounds. You yeah. start by lifting fifty. And then you go to 70 and then you go to 90 and you just work your way up. And I think content right now in SoRare is in that point where we're just slowly building our way up. So we all get better. And so when everyone, when everyone comes in and they're like, oh, I'm really interested in SoRare. And like, well, we have these really good people do this content mm-hmm. and they're ready for you now.
0: I agree. Maybe I end off on a personal tangent with that question, to be honest. but like, <clears throat>
1: I think <clears throat> you're like... just in a way different spot. Then yeah everything. i'm
0: kind of in a different spot because i'm not just a pure so, so rare content creator either anymore right. you know, it's kind of the second channel but i think that's always something if i'm talking about so rare content that's the thing that always comes to mind when i think mm-hmm. of someone starting out even like where i am now you know forget about where i am if i think of someone starting out it's like you have to be coming in and i think a lot of people come in with the wrong intentions i think a lot of people come in like i want to do a podcast because look at these guys and you know they're signing people up they fill it and, oh look at they're getting the experiences and oh look at they're doing this in reality if you're coming in with if you're coming in for anything other than passion to make content at this moment, you're not going to stick it out because you're not getting yeah. paid anytime soon. Yep. No, I think that,
1: that's absolutely right. And But that's maybe
0: not even the question. The that's just what I think about when I think of so rare content creators. Same.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, absolutely. I, one of the things that you mentioned, it was the the London meetup. That was mm-hmm. basically a year ago, right? Is that when that was? I didn't go. But, but you mentioned how... Before you went, you're like, I'm going to be like on stage and all these people are going to be like looking at me, listening to what I'm saying. And you're like, I've, I've never spoken in front of that many people. And I'm like, thousands of people watch you mm-hmm. on your screen. And you're like, yeah, but they're not there. Like they're not yeah, yeah, yeah. looking at me as I'm there. And the that's what you have to get over when you start doing content is the fact that nobody's watching. And if you, cause they're not, you're, you're not going to get tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of views when you start, just it will not happen. And you have to appreciate that there will be some people who watch. And if they like it, they will continue to watch. And at some point you get 500 people to watch, which is very small in the online view numbers. But if you had that many people in front of you, you'd be like, shit, this is a lot of people. And you just have to keep working on that. That there, as long as people care, like it will grow. But it's something like 95% of podcasts are end after two episodes. Like people start them, they go two, and they're like, oh, we got 12 list, vu- listens, like I'm done. So if you just stick it out, you're like beating 95% of people who start.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. It's years, it's years and years and years before anything happens, really. Um, but yeah, a lot of people come in and expect instant results. Like everything, it's like a gym phase. Yeah. But Laird, I need a bounce. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna ask you very quickly for the final time. I'm gonna say, give me three cap cup even Give me reasons. But I'm gonna make you do it just as like a bit of crack. And you've already done the homework. You didn't do it. You're refre- free. You're refusing to do it. Is that it? Actually, I didn't do the
1: cap cup research. No.
0: Okay, so well, this is it then. It's done, Laird DMP.
1: Sort of. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I was about to like look at my computer, but I'm, I'm actually not going to. Do it.
0: Okay, so you're basically putting an end to it. You've come on my show to change the show fundamentally and absolutely just okay. I, I respect that. Um, so everyone go and listen to the So Rare Data Podcast. Will already hosts it and has lots of different shows, and you'll enjoy it. Um, and Andy, thanks for your time. I'll chat to you soon.
1: My pleasure, John. Thanks. Bye bye.